Hey everybody, Jason Klaus, co-host of the Klaus and Hughes Show on ONTV, inviting you to join us for a very special edition of our show. It happens Friday, August the 11th, beginning at 6 p.m., exclusively on ONTV's Facebook page. On that episode, we will have a four-man panel to recap the big SummerSlam pay-per-view event that's happening this summer at Ford Field in Detroit. Plus, it's Hulk Hogan's birthday, so we will be celebrating all things Hulkamania. It's all things SummerSlam, and it happens on the Klaus and Q Show, August 11th, 6 p.m. on Facebook.com forward slash Orion ONTV. You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network, or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. I'm Jason Klaus, and over the course of my life, I have done a lot of different things, worn a lot of different hats. But this may be my greatest endeavor yet. Welcome to my show, where on here we will discuss anything and everything that happens in the world around us, and how we can go about making things better for you, for me, and everybody that we share this world with. I may go on rants, I will go on sidebars, but it all comes from the heart. Welcome! To the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. I'm Jason Klaus. Thank you so much for tuning in here this week. And uh, full disclosure, this is going to be, uh, well, number one, it's a late recording session. Like, I, it's 7.15 on Monday evening, and I just literally hit the record button. And, you know, part of the reason is wasn't really sure what I was going to talk about. I wasn't really sure, you know, which way I wanted to go here because, I mean, Bare minimum, I knew that I had to put a different spin on this week's episode in contrast to what last week was, right? Uh, last week was very much a, uh, I'll go ahead and say it, it was not my best performance in terms of doing a podcast recording. Uh, just a number of different emotions that 
bubbled up to the surface. And while I'm still navigating through a lot of the fuckery that goes on in in day-to-day operations, I know that I have to come into the studio today with a different approach. Now, with that being said, I'm trying something different here. Kind of this, I mean, you're obviously going to hear this on the actual audio feed, uh, which you usually do. But we're also doing something a little bit different in terms of presentation because, as you may or may not know, the PFC Network is now on TikTok. And we've really put a lot of emphasis in the last couple of weeks in providing new content for the TikTok page. Now, Sean Grugel, my co-host, on Wednesdays with Power Tripping Through the 80s, has taken that ball and, like, has ran so far ahead above everybody else. Like, all I see is, like, a shadow of him. Like, he is so far beyond because he's doing these three-minute nostalgia videos and, you know, he's really taken an, an interest to it. And you can find those over on our TikTok page. Now, I'm filming this recording session because uh, if I capture lightning in a bottle, I'm going to take the video footage, I'm going to cut it up into smaller segments, and I'm going to use that to upload to TikTok. Now, I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to try. You know, you don't know unless you try. Which brings me back around to what in the hell am I going to talk about this week? Now, I full disclosure, I just got off the phone with Sean not, not maybe a half an hour ago. And like I told him, I was like, I got to come into the studio. I got to record something uh, for the Tuesday drop. I'm just not sure what I'm going to put out there. And he gave me a couple very good su- suggestions, but they're heavier topics. And they're ones that I feel could generate a full episode. However, with something of this magnitude, with something of this realm of sensitivity, like I want to be prepared for it. I don't want to come in and just fly off the seat of my pants. Like I want to be able to put some thought into it so that I provide a decent show because they are important topics, and we will probably do that next week. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to, uh, we're going to do a random thoughts kind of episode, and then in the second segment, I'm going to focus on the individual whose nickname is the namesake of this network. And I'll explain more about that later on. Now, obviously, if you've been paying any kind of attention to any realm of social media here in the last week or so, you're seeing a lot of these opinions, memes, and all kinds of different correspondence about this Jason Aldean song. Now, I'm going to tell you straight out. 
I have not listened to the song. I have not seen the video. I'm just going on what's being reported. Not not opinion pieces. Not people's personal takes on it. Like legitimate reporting from legitimate news sources. Now, I say that to say, I look at this thing for what it is. I look at this thing as uh, very much a marketing tool. And clearly it worked. Because the whole country's talking about this guy. They're talking about this one song. And the sparks of controversy that have manufactured in the wake of the release of this thing. Now, based on what I've read, in terms of what this song is about, and they did include, you know, a couple of snippets of a verse or two as to what people got bent out of shape about, I'm sitting there and I'm reading this thing and it dawns on me and I don't know if anybody else has put this, uh, you know, if they have put two and two together here or if, if their brain went down this realm, but like mine did, it seems to me, and again, I haven't listened to the song and I pop, maybe I should have, but now at this point, because of all the publicity that this whole thing has garnered like it's it's almost it's almost like an act of the of, of, of defiance like i i'm not i am not spending my time getting this deep into something like this now i understand people have different opinions they have different points of view they have different feelings and philosophies on just about every aspect in our everyday doesn't matter what realm we're talking about. It doesn't matter, you know, it just doesn't matter. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has their own opinion. Um, and more often than not, if you don't have an opinion, you are latching yourself on to the opinion of somebody that you like or trust or admire or respect or whatever, but you really don't know what in the hell you have a feeling about one way or the other. You're just latching onto it because, well, this is garnering some noise. And I've said and I've maintained in previous episodes, we will flock to those type of situations so that our ego feels like that we are a part of something, something extraordinary. Now, as I'm reading the, the various reports and I've seen these different snippets in text form, mind you, of what this song was about, it seems to me and I may be off my rocker here, but there can be a direct correlation between this Jason L. Dean song and A Country Boy Can Survive by Hank Williams Jr. Now, Hank Jr. is as controversial as they come. Like, the dude's song got thrown off Monday Night Football and was fired by ESPN because he had a controversial take on our country's previous administration. 
and like he released a whole album. I don't know, like uh, 2012, 2011, something like that. Like every, just about every song on there was politically charged. Now I'm as big of a Hank Jr. fan as there as there is. Supported the guy my whole life. A lot of his songs is what got me through some pretty dark and trying times. Like, I respect him as an artist. I respect him as an entertainer. I respect him as a man who knows who and what he is. Now, that's not to say that I agree with everything that he sings about, because I don't. But I'm also not going to hop on social media and start this righteous campaign on getting him canceled. There's other artists that have ruffled feathers. There's other artists that have put out songs and videos that have been deemed controversial. Some I was vehemently against. But I'm not going to go on social media and put my feelings and my philosophies on full display to be talked about or in some cases ridiculed or cut down or whatever. What I think is what I think. How I feel is how I feel. I don't need justification from anybody. I don't need your verification as to whether I what I feel is right or wrong. This is how I feel. This is where I stand on it. Now, if I took an exception to an artist or a song or a video that I, to my core, had some degree of issue with, the last thing that I'm going to do is put any kind of added attention or effort or energy into putting more spotlight on that because more spotlight equals more dollars. And this whole Al Dean thing on the surface looks to me like a very elaborate and very well executed publicity mark because, like I said, Everybody's talking about it right now. There's people's timelines right now. If you go on Facebook, like everything that they have written in the last two days or whatever is some way in correlation with this controversy. I mean, you can go right on down the line for the history of music and you can pinpoint different songs and musicians and videos and things of this nature that are deemed controversial you you need to go no further back than when elvis became a household name because he went on the ed sullivan show and was thrusting his hips and his pelvis and all this stuff my god parents had an absolute fit they called for Ed Sullivan's show to be canceled. They called for Elvis to be taken off the stage, for his music to be ripped from the, from the, from the radio airwaves. What happened? Some bitch becomes the king of rock and roll, one of, arguably one of the most famous names in the history of music, period. Can't argue that. Even if you're not a fan, you know who the hell Elvis Presley is. 
even somebody that's 16, 17 years old. And all of us has been gone for a long time. But yes, folks, the man is dead. Can we, can we just put that to rest? The man is dead. Okay? Died in 77, sitting on the toilet, doing his business. The most inopportune time for something like that to happen, but it happened. The last piece of kingly evidence floating in the bowl underneath them, like that's where we are. But make no mistake about it. As controversial as that dude was, in spite of that, became the king of rock and roll. The Beatles. John Lennon caused a tremendous amount of controversy during an interview with the BBC that said that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to spark any kind of controversy, especially in the 1960s, that was the way to do it. Were the Beatles canceled? No. They went on to become the most famous band of that era. Hands down. More modern times, and this is the one that sticks out to me. I believe it was 1991. I may have that wrong, but for, for some reason, 91 or 92 come, come to mind. Madonna came out with this um, video for the song Like a Prayer. And it was extremely controversial based on some of the pictures that were filmed for that music video. And the backlash prompted MTV to pull her video, that video, from their rotation. A lot of radio stations pulled their songs, her song, from radio rotation. But despite all that, if you go back and look at the archives, that song, that album that the song was on, is in the top three of the most records sold of that year. And why? Because people flame or put, put air to the flames, man, and it became an inferno. Because people wanted to see what the hell was happening. What was the buzz about? Even if you didn't know anything about it, you just know that something in this song or something in this video triggered somebody. And it, it became what it is. Now, this is where you start to see an artist for who and what they really are. And what are they truly in business for? There are musicians that are in the business of music because they actually love music and they're good at it and they're talented but they're also you know if that's what they're good at and you can make some money on it okay you get it all right but they don't do it to push their political agendas they don't do it to create controversy in their minds they're creating art and no matter I, I don't care if it's sports 
or entertainment. These larger-than-life athletes or musicians or actors, they get a little bit of notoriety. They get a little bit of publicity. They get a little bit of popularity. And it will change a lot of them. Their focus is has become skewed. The reason why they do what they do has become askew. Now it's not about making art, it's about making money. And like that's that's been on full display since the beginning of time. Now, when I first heard about this Jason Aldean thing, it didn't take me long to figure out exactly what the fuck was happening here. I feel like this was a very well-orchestrated plan, if for nothing else, to boost the number of downloads and in turn increases the amount of money that winds up in their bank accounts, either Aldeans or the record company or whoever. Because, I mean, they're getting paid somehow. And the way this shit's blown up, those who are fans of this guy downloaded the song downloaded the video if you weren't a fan of his you downloaded the song and you downloaded the video because you were curious as to what the controversy was and that's where you got duped if you wanted to make a statement against whatever it was that this guy is singing about all you had to do was turn a blind eye and walk away and don't give it the attention that it got no attention equals no money. I know it sounds overly simple, but it's the absolute fucking truth. Folks, you got to apply common sense here. You have to apply common sense. You don't always have to have your voices heard to make your statement. If you want to make a statement against the machine, against the popularity of, a, of something that's deemed controversial, the best thing that you can do is pay it no attention and don't support it monetarily or otherwise. That's the best thing that you can do. And even when this shit started erupting and like it started popping up on my newsfeed, I just scrolled right past it, man, until I saw something from a legitimate source that kind of broke down what was happening. And then at that point is when I took the time to be like, okay, what is this all about? None of this shit su surprised me. Nothing that I read in those articles surprised me. Nothing that I've seen that my friends are posting on their social media accounts surprised me. Because by and large, I know who these people are. I know what makes them tick. I know what side of the political aisle that they tend to favor. I know them. I understand where they're coming from. I wasn't surprised by anything that I read in that in that regard either. You know what surprised me most about it? A couple of things. One, CMT, Country Music Television, 
came out and said that they were pulling the music video for this song from their airwaves. Neil McCoy, who I haven't seen or heard from on any prominent level since probably 1995, comes out in, in, in defense of Jason Aldean and says, hey, I want my videos pulled from CMT too. Well, that's great, Neil. But those videos is what keeps your name relevant in a day and age. Because, I mean, your heyday has come and gone, my friend. You may be putting out new albums and, and, and things of this nature. And if you are, that's great. I, you know, bless your heart. Bless your soul. I think it's tremendous. What surprises me, above all of the other things that I have seen and read and heard, is that CMT is actually still playing music videos. That's what surprised me. Which tells you when the last time I tuned, I tuned in to a CMT program or even turned that channel on. I can tell you when the last time I turned CMT on was when Steve Austin had his Broken Skull Challenge gimmick show, game show thing on there. That's the last time I watched CMT. I didn't even know they played music videos. I just assumed that music videos were no longer a thing. You know, that well, ever since MTV just kind of got away from it, I mean, that's a whole nother story for another day. If you really want to hurt these people, don't pay them any attention. Don't download their shit. Don't give them their piece of the pie. That's how you're going to hurt them. If you had taken exception to something that happened in that song or in that video, you have found out as you have voiced your opinion. Yes, you have you have people that support your stance, but you're also garnering the attention and the rage and all of the other shit that garners downloads and attention. You, you fed right into their plan. You did that. And you've got no one to blame but yourself. And, and, and the thing that that kills me is is that you're still talking about it you're still talking about it shut the fuck up and focus your energy and your time on something that is more important in your day-to-day -day, in your individual existence other than what some country singer put in a music video did you take exception to it yes you did okay I respect that. Do you love the song? Great. I respect that too. It's not for me to sit here and pass judgment on who's right or who's wrong. Because you're never going to win this argument. It is wasted time, wasted energy. And along these lines is another source or another news article that came across my radar. This whole thing with Miranda Lambert calling out these girls for taking a picture during one of her concerts. Was it last weekend, weekend before? Doesn't matter. 
are you shitting me right now? You're going to stop your shit. Now, hold, now let me, I guess I should say this too. I dig M Miranda Lambert. Like, I don't pull a whole lot of stock in country music nowadays. Because, you know, like, I grew up when country music was good, when it had soul, when it actually sounded like country music. Like, I have that basis of comparison. This shit that they're coming out with now ain't it. I'm here to tell you. I don't know what it is, but it ain't what we grew up on. And I realize, and you know, you have to evolve with the times. Okay, well, listen, if this is where the trajectory has taken us, I do not have very much faith in where the music industry is headed. I am just going to say that. That's just my opinion. I don't need you to disagree with it or agree with it. That's just my, my take, my feelings on it. And I know I'm not the only one, but back on track, Miranda Lambert is somebody I pay attention to because, well, she's sexy as hell, for one. She's got a cool voice, and I dig what, what, she's, what she sings about. Some of it, albeit very controversial, but, like, I appreciate her. I appreciate what she's done. I appreciate what she's doing. I have a real problem, though, when you're stopping your show to scold some of your fans because they're taking a picture or a selfie or whatever the case was during your show. Newsflash, chick. Every fucking concert that you perform at, people are taking pictures. Those of you listening right now, I'd be willing to bet money that every concert that you have been to in recent memory, there's some sort of documentation that you were at that show. And how did you document it? You took pictures. You took selfies with your people that you were there with. Now, as a paying fan, if I paid good money to go see this woman perform and she stops her show for a personal attack on her fans, you have damaged my fanfare to your brand, to your product. Because that tells me a whole hell of a lot about you. And I realize there's going to be people, just like with any scenario, any situation, there's going to be defenders and detractors. I get it. I get it. But, like, you got to pick a time and place, man. Like, if you take exception to what a fan's doing... Go to your stupid website, post it on there. Go to your Facebook page or your Twitter account or TikTok or whatever the case may be. Post your grievances on there where I'm not paying for my time to be spent listening to you humiliate, scold, and bitch at your fans. I take great exception to that. 
Now, that's not to say I'm never going to listen to another Miranda Lambert song, because I will. Because, again, I'm a fan. But, like, my fundamental opinion of her has changed. Just a little bit. Just, just enough. To where I'm like, hmm. I may have to reconsider some shit here. Just something to think about. Uh, the first round of uh, random thoughts, as it were. Um, so stick around. We're going to take a quick timeout. More of the Klaus of the Heart podcast is right after this. So you and your friends are looking for a place to go out this weekend, some place to just kind of go hang out, chill, and not worry about all the and all of the judgy kind of people that oftentimes are in bar settings. I'd like to tell you about probably the best kept secret in Northern Oakland County. I'm referring, of course, to Backroads Bar and Grill, the home away from home for all of us here at the PFC Entertainment Network. Now, they have something for everybody here. It's no judgment zone top-notch staff, top-notch patrons, and it's an atmosphere of fun and relaxation. And they have a variety of things going on. Thursdays and Fridays is karaoke nights with DJ Cassandra Ray. And in the upcoming weeks, they will have live musical performances that will take place on their main stage on Saturdays. And on Wednesdays, they have World Tavern Poker, they have free pool, they have live music, they have everything that you need to enjoy a night out. So if you're looking for a place to go this weekend, consider heading out to Holly, Michigan and Backroads Bar and Grill. You will not be disappointed. You can find them over at 15217 Apollo Drive in Holly, Michigan. That's 15217 Apollo Drive in Holly, Michigan. Backroads Bar and Grill, your judgment-free zone, and the home away from home of the PFC Entertainment Network. And welcome back to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Appreciate you tuning in this week, hanging out with me for a little bit. Uh, we're going to keep this a two-segment show. I contemplated on doing three segments here, but uh, like I said at the top of the program, I felt like, you know, the one thing that uh, Sean and I had talked about um, in in terms of a potential topic for this show was I, I want to give it some thought. I, I want to put some thought into it. And uh, so I'm just, because it's a pretty serious topic and I, like we're, we're going to table that. Um, but during the break, uh, during the break in between recording these segments, I was, my brain was automatically going down that rabbit hole and like I've already spent the first half an hour or so talking about something completely opposite of what uh what the the general tone of what 
that particular part of the conversation would be. So we're, we're going to table that for right now. Uh, and instead, instead, I'm going to, we're going to have story time. Let's do this. We, we haven't done this in a while. Let's do some story time. And it's something of a very personal nature. Now, the show is dropping on Tuesday, the 25th of July. Yesterday uh, was my brother Jeff's birthday. And uh, he, you know, this is like the third year, the third birthday that uh, I had to celebrate without him. You know, and I felt like this year would be a little bit easier to deal with, you know, because they say that time heals all wounds, right? You know, anybody that's lost anybody, you go through good days, you go through bad days, and there's, then there's those anniversary days, those milestones, those holidays that come up, and it really hammers home just how significant of a loss or how big of a void that they're like the passing of a loved one has on you. And it goes very much hand in hand with the whole mourning process. And it just goes to show that you never really finish mourning. There is no period at the end of the sentence. That is something that you are going to feel and navigate through every year for the rest of your life. I have, uh, you know, I made no bones about the fact what Jeff meant to me. You know, his, he is very much factored in to my future. He is very much factored in to my present. You know, I found different ways to celebrate him on his birthday. For example, um, I had posted on my Facebook page over the weekend, which I don't do a whole hell of a lot of anymore, posting anything on there, um, just because. <laughs> That's a, another sidebar for another time. But I like start. I created my own like movie marathon, and it was movies that he and I enjoyed watching as kids when we were growing up. And like, there is a there is a specific list. Now, some of which I had already watched last week while I was at work. You know, we we had a little bit of downtime a few days there, and to make the the day pass or the night pass a little bit quicker. You know, I've got Peacock, I've got Hulu, I got Disney Plus on my phone, so I I got YouTube, so I I mean I can go on there and you know find something to watch to occupy the time. Well, during the course of that week, I watched like The Goonies. The Goonies was a very special movie to us. I watched Ghostbusters, another one that was very high on our list, but here. I, you know, I have, I have a lot of DVDs here and I made a list of like five different movies that 
he and I enjoyed watching t together. Uh, the movie <clears throat> Moving with Richard Pryor, uh, that's what kind of kicked the whole thing off. And I watched that one. I watched uh, Beetlejuice. I watched Beverly Hills Cop Part 2. I watched um, The Burbs, which is, if I had to pick one that was our all-time favorite, like that's number one, and The Breakfast Club is number two. Uh, coming in at three would be The Heavenly Kid. Now, I also watched The Heavenly Kid uh, a week or two ago. It was one on, it was... <clears throat> on one of the free apps that I get through Xfinity. Um, and then I called an audible and I forgot that I had the movie Roxanne with Steve Martin. And if you haven't watched that movie or you've never even heard of it, some people may not have even heard of it, but it is a very cute movie, very cool story. And like it was one that he and I watched all the time. So I started doing that. I had like a little PF movie marathon. And like I went to work last night and like I wore one, one of his shirts to work. I've got one on right now, another one. You know, these are my ways of celebrating my brother. You know, and let him know that he is still very much figured into my everyday. Not a day that goes by that I don't think about him. Last night while I was at work, I um, I went into the archives of our YouTube channel, which you can find at PFC Network, and I found the video of his celebration of life that we did, and like we filmed that, and you know added a couple different highlight reels and things of this nature in there. And I said, and it was the first time I'd, I'd watched it in a while. Um, didn't even really watch it, more or less listened to it. And, uh, you know, it conjured up a lot of different feelings and emotions, you know, because even at this point, three years after the fact, Referring to Jeff in past tense is something that um, I still haven't been, been able to wrap my head around, you know. I made a decision on the day that he died that uh, my life was never going to be the same. Now, part of that was completely out of my control but the part that was in my control was a concentrated and calculated choice choices of how i was going to embark on my life moving forward because the one thing i always wanted i always wanted jeff to be proud of me i always wanted to do things to let him know that I uh, I really strived for his approval. You know, it meant a lot to me. Only a handful of times that I can recall him 
actually verbally telling me that he was proud of me. One was the first MWO show that he attended after he had left the company in 97, going into 98. In 2001, he came to Summer Smash, which was held at the Masonic Center in Clio. And it was the first live MWO event that he had seen in several years. And he was blown away by what I had done to transform that company. 99% of the people that he shared a locker room with when he was here were gone and were replaced by a new crop of talent. But he wanted in. And he came back to the dressing room after that show. Actually, I believe the main event was still going on. Main event that year was uh, Rage versus Reaver for the MWO Championship. And uh, my match with Frostbite, Ryan Kidwell, uh, was, I believe, second or third from the top. So I had just worked my match, and I was in the dressing room. I was taking my boots off and kind of winding down from the match. And Jeff came up, came back, and sat down next to me. And, like, he put his hands on my wrists, and he's, just, he's like, I am so proud of you for what you've done here. And, like, I need to be a part of this. The other instance that come to mind was the day I did my first motivational stage show in Frankenmuth at Fisher Hall. And this was less than four months before his passing. And uh, he came up on stage after the show was over. I was talking to Jim Burgett. And uh, he come up on stage and he just, he was verbally expressed to us how proud he was of me. And like, I, I never knew how much I needed to hear that until I heard it, you know, especially in that realm, because that was something totally out of the box, something totally new. I didn't even know if I could do it, but I was, I took a bet. I took a bet on myself that I could. And like, he knew that. I expressed that to him in the days leading up to that show. And, uh, you know, he, he was blown away by the fact that I was able to pull something like that off and that something I had said registered with him. And I know it did because Moving forward, he was making these strides to be a better man, a better husband to Melissa, a better father to Cameron and to Noah to some to some regards. And you could really see him trying to correct the course, you know. And something that I said in that show was what kind of sparked that idea. 
knowing that I had made that kind of impact on him was a big damn deal to me. And I've never forgotten that. So when I changed the name of the podcast network, it was a foregone conclusion that I had to incorporate Jeff into it in some way or another. So we came up with the PFC Entertainment Network, Pure Fury Creations. And uh, there's not a day, there's not a moment, there's not a show that I have done or that I will do where he is not on my mind. He is not in my heart. On my desk here, I've got pictures of us. I have a lamp that Sean had made me for Christmas one year, and it's got three different pictures of Jeff and me that he used one of them uh, 3D printers to make the shade for. And it's one of my most favorite things that I have. Because every time I turn it on, Jeff's face illuminates. Just like the star that he always was. I think about the different things that he and I have done in our childhood, adulthood, that uh, just means so much. You know, I... There's a lifetime's worth of memories to go back and think about. You know, when we were kids, I was very protective of him when we were kids. To the point to where I was going to beat a girl's ass because uh, she ran over him with her bike and made my brother cry. Now, I would find out after the fact that he was crying, not because he was hurt, but because she ripped his Dukes of Hazard t-shirt. And he was more pissed about that than the tire mark going across his face. I think about um, the day we surprised our kids and we took him to Ford Field for a Lions game. The boys didn't know anything about it until Jeff and Cameron came over and um, Carrie had gotten the kids uh, jerseys to wear to the game. And like they opened them up, they're like, oh, cool. Lions jerseys. I think one was Stafford, one was Johnson, Calvin Johnson. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, Jeff finally said, uh, you're going to need to put those on, like, right now. We got to leave. We're like, where are we going? Well, we're going to go see the Lions play the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I took video from that game 
and I posted it to Facebook that day and every year and it'll be coming up here next month that memory is going to pop up where we all celebrated a Lions touchdown it was one of my favorite moments I've relayed the story both in text and I think I'm pretty sure yeah I I talked about it during his celebration of life uh, about the baseball bat that we he broke into old tiger stadium or broke into the perimeter of the where the stadium was to grab these two pieces of a busted ass bat uh, that we found in the rubble of debris that hadn't been picked up from the demolition of, of the stadium and uh, Jeff had found a piece of the fence that had broken away from the support beams, squeezed his narrow little ass into the fence, hauled ass down to the corner of those of this property, snatched up those two pieces of the bat, came out the, the other side of the fence with it, and handed it to me because he knew how much that would mean to me. I think about the time that he... And I and Bob Breckenridge got kicked out of Joe Louis Arena not once, but twice. All because we were trying to see what the WWE's rings were made out of. We wanted to watch them break it down. Well, apparently, we're not the first ones to have that idea. And they had people on the floor of the arena scouring the fucking seats, making sure nobody was watching. Well, we got caught twice. And Jeff thought we were going to jail. I think about uh, spending time with him down in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee during a family reunion from my dad's side of the family. And uh, he and I had a pretty in-depth conversation on the balcony of this house that we all rented. And uh, during the course of that conversation, he, even though it was hard for him to illustrate these kind of feelings, he made it abundantly clear what I was to him in his life. And it's something that I didn't have a full grasp on it until I heard it, you know, and only, the only way that he could have said it. I think about all the different matches that we had against each other, with each other. You know, he and I headlined WrestleRama 10 in 2004. And we got a, quite a bit of publicity from that show, that event, that he and I wound up on the cover of The Uncommon Sense, which was a uh, monthly publication distributed in Genesee County. We were made up to be uh, like superhero cartoons. I still have a copy of that in a frame. And uh, my friend Brett Travis got a hold of the artist who drew the pictures on the cover of this thing and had those images blown up and they're framed and they're hanging on my PF wall that I have in my dining room. 
he was so proud of that match. But I think he was even more proud of the match, the last man standing match that he and I had at WrestleRama 13 because he finally got one over on me. And it was probably the best match one-on-one -on -one that he and I had ever done. WrestleRama 13 is a weird installment of that particular show, but that match stands out. I think about the uh, feeling that we had when we won our first tag team titles together in the MWO that happened at WrestleRama 23, that happened at my union hall, that happened in front of my people. There's a picture I post from time to time of he and I hugging in the ring after that match, holding our belts wasn't for a storyline and it wasn't for a gimmick or anything like that. That was raw emotion in real time, man. And somebody captured that. I believe it was Karen. Um, Jacob Braun's girlfriend that captured that moment. If I have that wrong, I'm sorry, but I feel like she's the one that took that picture and, um, it's one of my favorite pictures. He's been gone a few years, but there are still days where I feel him and I know he's making his presence known in some way or another. I see, hear, and read these different tributes from everybody who knew him, worked with him, had some sort of a feeling about him one way or the other, and it just, like, he just didn't, he didn't have any idea just what the scale of reach he was able to make was. And in this quote-unquote fake world of professional wrestling, that is the most real emotion you will ever see here across the board entertainment or sports wise and he is missed every single day by a lot of people truly one of a kind man they broke the mold when they made Jeff Klaus And I will always be very appreciative of what he brought to my life, but I will also be very sad that he's not here to experience what I'm doing now as I'm trying to embark on becoming the best version of myself, and that's all he wanted for me. And he's not here to see it in physical form. But he's in my heart. He's in my mind. He's on every logo. He's on every piece of merchandise. He's on every drop that happens here on our network because his name is incorporated into the name of the company, the name of the network. That's his legacy. We're at least part of it. I miss my brother very much. And I will always be so fortunate 
for the good times and the bad ones too because it was time with him i'd give anything to have that back much like most people would when you're dealing with the loss of a significant loved one he was my best friend and there'll never be another one like him Every week I sign off this show and I say, go out, be awesome to yourselves and to each other, right? I'm not doing that this week. I want you to grab a hold of your people and hug them extra tight this week. If you haven't heard from somebody, you haven't talked to somebody that means something to you in quite some time, send a text message. Place a phone call, even if it's for 90 seconds. Let somebody know that you're thinking about them. Let somebody know what they mean to you. Tell them what they mean to you. Because you never know when you don't have that opportunity ever again. So why wait till it's too late? Do it now. Right now only a minute or two left of this show as soon as you get done hearing this and they we roll credits as it were call somebody text somebody let them know that they're being thought of that they're loved that they're appreciated that they mean something to you you never know that could be what makes a shitty day a little bit better for that individual somebody that means something to you so with that we're going to put a bow on this week's episode check out the online store cafepress.com forward slash pfc network you can find all of our contact information over on our official website close to the heart.net or you can find us over on facebook send us uh, DM with uh, questions, comments, shout outs, show topic ideas, anything of the sort. With that, we will be back here next Tuesday with a brand new episode of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Mm-hmm.